Hi everyone and welcome to the Sweet Spot on a Farm podcast, episode 28. Today I'm surrounded by a lot of people because we are in Bangor Picky Park and we have just been um, dipping into the Irish Sea and I'm here with the team. Dash and Splash! <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> So before we go around and introduce everybody, what I would really like to hear from everyone is um, what did you feel like um, after your dip? Was it your first dip or have you been doing this for a while? Just really how it felt today. Um, I'm going to just pass the mic around. So <laughs> I, I believe my first victim here has just had a first dip. Do you want to tell us what you, what you felt like, what it was like for you today? Okay, I will. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was fantastic, amazing. I, I guess for me, I knew if I hesitated, I probably wouldn't do it. So I just went on ahead and plunged in. And thank goodness, um, after a bit of pain, it kind of numbed out into something towards enjoyment. I'm not sure how to describe it, but it was good. I really, 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 I, I loved it, really. So, um, yeah, it was great. I'll definitely do it again. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been doing this since just before Christmas, and it's completely addictive. I've been doing it about six months, and I have to say, it's absolutely fantastic. and just revitalizes your whole body. It makes you in a good spirit, a good feeling all day. Uh, I've been doing it for about four weeks now, and it's starting to get easier. <laughs> but it's still hard, but it's enjoyable. Hi, I've been dash slash almost about a year now, um, and it just is the best thing to reset you. Feeling grumpy, feeling sad, in pain, whatever you're feeling, it just goes, and you just feel great. Hi, I've been uh, dashing and splashing for about five months now, and it's just a great thing to do on a Sunday morning. I think, well, I don't have anything else I would be doing, and what better thing to do than to go and plunge in the, in the sea? Um, and it does, it really sets you up for the day. And if it doesn't, you sort of think, well, if we do nothing the rest of Sunday, it's just a case of, well, I've been up and I've done something significant. I don't have to do anything the rest of the day. So, um, but it does, it just, it just leaves you on a bit of a high, really. And it is, as Heather said, uh, very addictive. Hi, I've been doing uh, Dash and Splash since near the start. And, and it's given me uh, a great sense of achievement. I never thought it was something that I'd be able to do. So thank you, Scott. Um, I've been doing this with Dash and Splash since just before Christmas and it was something I wanted to tick off the bucket list but coming to here and getting to know the bit more about the sea swimming and having mental problems or difficulties in our family um, has just been really beneficial and it's just, just a brilliant group but yes it being more the, the mental um, difficulty aspect of it that I would be using uh, the benefits of it for. Hello, my name is Liz and I started um, coming with Team Dash and Splash just before the Sunday before Christmas and I can't tell you, begin to tell you how it makes me feel. It's so accelerating. I enjoy the community, meeting up with people and um, it's so very welcoming group. Um, the benefits of it are unbelievable. Um, I don't seem to feel the cold as much as much as I did before and it just uh, has given me a great peace of mind. 
Hi, um, I'm Deirdre and I'm a more mature lady in my 50s and uh, I've been doing Dash and Splash since August last year. I started when the weather was quite warm and it's gradually got colder and colder. Uh, the benefits I have found is, as well as being in the community spirit, um, as going through the, the menopause, it's very, I find it very fulfilling to go into the seawater. Um, the coldness, um, it's just fantastic. You feel a complete buzz and uh, your endorphins and the adrenaline you feel when you get out. It's also helped me sleep at night, making me feel a lot calmer. In fact, I'm so addicted to it, I practically go in every day now. Um, I've met a great bunch of people and it's great that we just go on and say when we're going to have a swim and then just continue on and I would recommend it to anybody the benefits of the going into the cold water and everything else. Hello I've been doing the dash and splash for over a year and it has a number of benefits. Uh, first of all it's a great stress reliever because when you jump in the sea and it's three degrees you can't really think about anything else uh, so it really helps for the whole mindfulness sort of being there in the moment. Um, it's a great social experience as well in that I've made so many new friends uh, with not being from Bangor. I've met lots of different people, not just from Bangor, but from different parts of Northern Ireland. And uh, it's a really fulfilling and enjoyable experience and one that I would recommend to everybody. I have been dashing and splashing for quite a while now. <laughs> um, the Dash and Splash OG. Um, uh, yeah, I'm Scott. I set this event up about a year and a half ago now. I was uh, very enthusiastic about getting outdoors and getting active and also finishing that outdoor activity with the sea swim. So, uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure to set up the event and invite other people along and see it continue to grow and grow and lots of smiling faces in the sea. And even more happy to share that with Susanna here on the podcast today. So thank you, Susanna, for the opportunity. And I'll pass the microphone back to you. Um, so what I would like to do, actually, is um, if anybody experienced any real benefits uh, from the whole running and, and dipping into the cold water every morning, and you'd like to share them, it would be really great if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your name and why you originally started coming to Dash and Splash, what the purpose was, and if you've seen any real benefits, what they are. So I'd like to start with Scott, obviously, because you're the founder of this. And um, if you'd like to tell us how, why you founded the group, why you started doing this particular event and what benefits you've seen. Yeah, it was a huge part of my intention from coming back from Peru. I have a story about going out there and being treated by the plant medicines out there but as transformative as that whole experience was a bigger part of that probably or as big a part was being surrounded by like-minded people and how important that was and it was the first time in my life that I'd been around 20 or more other people who just wanted the best for themselves but the best for everyone else as well so I wanted to build that back home I'd never experienced that um, in my own home and uh, community there so it was a long journey figuring out how to do so, but discovering the Wim Hof method, which is um, a form of almost like nervous system training where you know, you're know you teaching your body to come out of a stress state using things like the cold and breath work. It had this really interesting community of people surrounding it where they all wanted the best for themselves and each other as well, very similar to the sort of people that I met out in Peru. So I saw that as maybe a good opportunity to bring more people like that around myself here. And on the journey to become a Wim Hof Method instructor, 
start a dash and splash, which is a 30-minute jog or uh, walk or run down the coast, and then finished off with a sea swim. And it just has completely fulfilled that intention of bringing those interesting people who are willing to do that on a Sunday morning together, but also the sort of people who do want the best for themselves and the best for everyone else around them too. And yeah, it's just been exciting to see it grow and grow. And I definitely think one of the biggest benefits, aside from all the physiological stuff, is just having like-minded people around yourself and having that support network. And we're all made to be in tribes, you know, through our evolution. And it's nice to finally have a nice tribe around me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just excited to, to watch it continue to grow. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been brilliant. And to have the opportunity to, to share that, not just in person with everyone, but online as well, and putting out the online content and uh, the weekly video and podcasts like this. So yeah, really appreciate the, the opportunity, Susanna, that's awesome. Great, thank you. Let's pass the mic to somebody else. Yeah, um, thank you. So I haven't, I've only came maybe four times, handful of times, because I'm quite a bit of distance away from where Dash and Splash takes place. Um, my introduction to it all was through cold showers. I think I started cold showers as a form of resistance training to uh, test myself and um, maybe get through boundaries, through fears, you know. And from there, I discovered more. I said to Scott today, actually, in the sea, it's always a good teacher. You know, it always teaches me about something about myself. You know, it, um, I think it always gives me a deeper connection with myself. You know, I think thoughts can flood our body. Thoughts seem to control us, um, flood us with stress, anxiety, things like this. Uh, all, the, all the stories we tell ourselves, you know, um, but when you get in the sea, all those thoughts almost just fly out, you know, all those like anxiety and stress and things just flood out of the system and then you're connected with yourself, you know, and I'm always just trying to get a deeper connection with something that feels more pure and me, you know, so uh, that's not bombarded with stress and anxiety, you know, so that can be caused from everyday living, you know, so the cold always seems to do that, it just gets you in a place of fun and just yeah uh, connection with yourself and others through resistance and overcoming so that's my experience so far uh, like I said I haven't done it a lot but every time I do it I teach them something and I'm appreciative of everybody the community and that's another great aspect is the community of people that you get to be around from doing these things from all the beautiful wonderful weirdos you know <laughs> I think all of us are, are weird and wonderful in our own way you know so it's always great to connect with people you know so that's mine thank you Hi, I'm Judith. Um, uh, for me, swimming in the sea started when I was a little kid. Um, I had quite a difficult childhood, and that was one of my best memories of swimming in Tullymore Forest Park, to the point where I, I stayed in so long that I had to get rescued out because I couldn't move my limbs anymore. But I think because it took me away from the, the trauma and stuff that I was experiencing, and I just felt so good in the water. So ever since then, I've been randomly swimming by myself in locks and rivers and seas and everyone thinking you're mad. And I have got a lovely big group of people that do it with me, which is awesome. Um, but I really find swimming consistently now. So I'd be in the sea about two to three times a week. Um, and uh, I've recently had, well, for quite some time now, quite a lot of kind of female gynae issues and a lot of pain with that. Um, but also recognizing now that I definitely have a, hemor like a hormone imbalance. So that really plays with your moods really plays with your mind really plays with kind of how you're feeling and I find it's the best way to just quickly reset and it's just when I wake up feeling like that it's like straight in the sea and that sorts me out for the day and that's me good to go but I've also found recently as well I've had a few little um, hospital procedures and actually my pain relief from being in the sea but then also doing the breath work afterwards has just transformed it 
and I've never known anything as good from a pain relief point of view before, so definitely it's good for you. Uh, my name's Scott, and uh, I've been doing the, the dash and splash with V Scott. Uh, <laughs> I'm merely A Scott. Um, and um, I have the, the number of real benefits for me. Uh, I have a back problem. Uh, I had an operation about eight years ago, and I, the, the dash side of it has been something of real benefit to me. Um, I've got up to the distance where I'm, I'm running about five kilometers now. Um, and I think w whether it's psychological or not, I don't know, but I, I don't know as I would be able to do that if I didn't then jump in the sea afterwards. Um, and it's doing the breath work with Scott uh, in, in the, the build up to that, that helps me get in the sea and helps me to stay controlled and calm whilst I am in the sea. Um, so there's, there's the physical aspect of it. Then there is the mental aspect of it. Um, I started a new job recently, uh, which has been very difficult, very challenging. And I found that swimming on a Sunday gives me a real reset uh, and helps me focus on what's important. And to the extent that a number of the people that I've met at the Dash and Splash, uh, we now meet up of a morning and we go for a swim before work. And that sends me skipping into the office, uh, much to everybody else's uh, chagrin. Um, but it really helps from that aspect as well, which brings me on to the third side of the, the real benefits, which is the social aspect. Um, I'm sat in a cafe now with 20 odd people, none of whom I knew you know, six months ago, 12 months ago. Uh, so it's that real community side of things as well, where even though I recognize all of the benefits of what it is that I'm doing, I probably wouldn't do it on my own. So the fact that I have a group of like-minded people to help me do it uh, is hugely beneficial and something that I am eternally grateful for. I'm going to continue hosting the podcast here. This is Scott because Susanna is on over there. So I'm going to pass. <laughs> I just did that to confuse you. <laughs> just changed my seat, so I'm gonna pass the microphone to another person. Hello, um, I'm David. I've been doing the Dash and Smash Day for about five months. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think what I get out of it is the sense of the strengthening of the connection between your higher thinking brain and <clears throat> I always get the names of the different parts of the brain mixed up, but as I think of it as our reptilian brain, the bit that responds even when we don't want it to. So by the nature of my job, sometimes I have emergency response for things. So you are getting contacted by somebody who's absolutely in a panic and it's human nature that whenever you're faced with something like that, that you then respond almost in kind. You instinctively adopt the same position as them. So straight away, you're experiencing their stress. And I would have, I mean, five years ago, physically I was very different. I was a lot heavier um, and uh, was not in great shape at all. Mentally, I would have been very much a a very negative person I would have said really to be honest looking back on myself now and I'm very much a cynic and I was introduced to the concept of mindfulness and <clears throat> neuroplasticity and the, how the brain can change and grow and you can consciously do that um, that was through a moving meditation practice called five rhythms <clears throat> and then um, 
I learned how that can actually firsthand how that can help you. It's 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 one thing to say I'm not going to do that anymore, but unless you actually put that into practice somehow, you're you know you're just kidding yourself. You 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 can tell yourself, but you you need to actually train your brain to do it differently. <clears throat> and moving meditation can help that. Um, but what tends to happen then is, uh, well, say I went through then a period where I uh, experienced various other different things and, and more being out of that higher state of <clears throat> higher state of mind um, and actually connecting with my body more and learning the connection between the two parts of the brain and learning that whenever somebody comes at me with a stress response, how you can... Um, if you strengthen the connection between your higher brain and your reptilian brain, you can override it. You can just not instinctively, you know, for initially it takes a while. You have to consciously say, right, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to respond in a, you know, um, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to remain calm. After a while, that becomes second nature. The reason it becomes second nature is because, like, going to the gym, lifting weights. A muscle gets stronger, and neural pathway gets stronger. The, the 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 link between your higher brain and your reptilian brain gets stronger. So it means then that whenever you are experiencing a stress response, like when we go into the water, and you breathe, and you're breathing, and it's mind over matter. It's you're telling your reptilian brain, which is panicking because of the cold water. You're telling it, no, 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 calm down, shut up. I've got this. I'm in control here. Um, and the more you do that, the more it learns, and you know, um, the more whenever you know you see a stressful situation, and your body goes to respond, and you're able to then sort of say, no, 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 calm down, and it listens to you, and then you find that that becomes sort of instinctive. So I tend to find now that my first response to people whenever they come at me, full of stress and panic, is I remain mostly, not saying all the time, but mostly very calm. Um, and usually what happens then is that that catches. They actually then instinctively start to calm down, um, and generally, you know, you find that things are, th things generally resolve themselves in a much calmer manner, and it means if you're calmer, you, you know, you, you, you think sharper and you think more clearly as well, rather than running around like a headless chicken. So for me, it's a weekly practice that goes with a lot of other things that I do, yoga and meditation and mindfulness and so on, but getting the getting into the water is the biggest... That's like going to the gym and lifting the real heavy weights. The uh, the telling your body, no, no, stop panicking. It's all right. You know, I know what I'm doing. Um, so that's really what I get from it. And yeah, the social aspect as well. I've made so many great new friends here, and uh, just it's a real, just a really great social thing to do every Sunday morning. I've started in in August last year, and the benefits that I found to it is it's helping me sleep at night. It's um, making me feel a lot more positive about life in general. Um, with everything that sort of drags you down in your daily routine, whether it's looking after children, whether it's working, dealing with sort of anxiety at work. Um, I find that at the end of the day, if I know that I'm going in for a swim, um, it's something to look forward to. I find that when I come out of the water, I just feel rejuvenated. Um, it's also a brilliant experience to do with other people that are of the same ilk. You've all got the same thing in common, which is basically just getting yourself into the water, um, feeling the cold, um, having a swim, and it just seems to let all maybe your troubles float away for five or ten minutes. 
and then like I say when you get back out of the water you feel uh, fantastic it's also a, a great community kind of spirit because it doesn't matter what your abilities are you don't have to be a triathlon swimmer you don't have to be a fantastic runner you can just come along and join in at whatever ability you've got I like the fact as well that Scott's group is very inclusive I find that some other swimming groups are maybe you have to be a certain ability Whereas Scott's is, it doesn't matter, you know, if you can walk, you can swim. Even on a Sunday there, people just go up to their necks and come back out again. I'm actually trying to sort of lose a bit of weight too. I find that maybe um, it's sort of, you know, helped me that way as well. Focus my attentions on on um, losing a wee bit of weight and, you know, gaining all the positiveness out of it. So um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm actually going in every day now. Um, I was only one, one day this week I couldn't go in because of the storms but every other day I'm either going in after work or in an afternoon or we have a little group on Facebook and we just put on that when we're going in and uh, people come along and as long as there's two or three years you all feel pretty safe um, just be aware of the sea and you know the tides and everything else but in general everybody's very confident um, and it's great. My name's Arling and it was something I wanted to tick off my bucket list. So through a yoga class, I just mentioned when we were asked what we'd like to do for the new year. And I said, oh, I'd love to swim in the sea. And it just so happened that somebody was there who knew this group, who was part of this group and said, we're doing a swim Sunday. Why don't you come? And um, it all started from there just before Christmas. Um, being winter didn't put me off it was just oh yes definitely want to do this um wanted to do this for a long time didn't know the benefits of it then until i started doing it then i realized how much it was beneficial to me once i started doing it apart from the dash and splash doing a walk run or jog before our swim it encouraged me to to get fit but the swim also encouraged me to maybe do more swims just on my own or with friends not on my own but not apart away from the group but um, with other people with friends but I didn't realize how much mental benefits it would have for me and um, when you're out there in the vast sea it's you enjoy the um, the scenery around you the ambience of the, the sea it's just so mindful for you that it just gives you a mind break and lets you enjoy the moment and also have good friends who are encouraging and supportive in this group of what your abilities are. So it's been really, really fun to be part of and definitely recommend it. <laughs> the community of Fashion Splash is just amazing I've met so many really lovely people that I've become quite friendly with and we have enjoyed some events um, going into the cold water has been really amazing experience and so accelerating um, I'm not a great sleeper and I find that it's helping me sleep better at night I've also uh, started taking the cold showers and I find that they're actually far nicer than the warm showers and I really enjoy that too. Um, I find it's really had a really calming effect on me because I have a highly stressful job. And uh, just overall, I just find it's just an amazing, accelerating feeling. And I really feel 
GP should be recommending it to all their patients. Now, guys, would you like to share if you have any Sunday routine? Do you have a, like a special routine for Dash and Splash morning apart from like today's Sun Party's Day so I can see faces painted green? So apart from doing that, <laughs> do you have a special routine? I would, I would say that I always have my bag packed and ready to go. So when I go home, um, I wash out the swimsuit, dry it out, make sure it's ready for the next opportunity that comes along. And then I have my bag packed with my gloves, my, my shoes, um, my float and uh, sometimes a hot water bottle. These guys will tell you that um, I always have a flask on the go for during the week. So I have a special little bag that I have like three wee china cups and a flask and uh, my milk, my tea bags, some wee chocolate biscuits or whatever. So that when we come out of the water on a, on a weekday routine, a weekday routine is that when we go into the water, if it's in the afternoon and we have a bit of time, we come out and we have a little cup of tea and a bit of crack. But um, on Sunday, it's more focused into sort of getting your dash, getting your run, and then the cafe. Um, so it's slightly different than a weekday. So our routine during the week would be check the Facebook page, see if anybody's going out after work. If they're going after work, make sure you have your bag packed before you go to work that morning. And then um, if it's in during the day, we have a wee you know, flask and a cup of tea. And then on a Sunday morning, it's... Um, Look forward to getting up, getting down here, and just having all your stuff with you. Guys, do you have any special routine? I'd say always be prepared, but most importantly, always make sure you're going out with um, a group because it's better to be safety and safe in numbers, especially during the winter time when the water can be quite cold and sometimes a wee bit rough. But um, that's that's all I would say about it. But um, and also it's good after your swim to make sure that you warm up from the inside out and not from the outside in um, which Davey said about bringing flask and Tadri's always very good at bringing a cake as well <laughs> um, Guys um, would you be able to share if you have any dash and splash routine what, what is your routine like how do, how do you prepare do you have any like special apart from painting faces green like today like Scott's face is just It looks like a, what do you call those little Irish things? Leprechaun? <laughs> What's your routine like? My dash and splash routine is probably quite unique, <laughs> leading everyone into the sea. Um, but yeah, I do a bit of preparation with the Wim Hof method that I do every day anyway, the breathing practice, and that's something I highly encourage people to look up online or discover more through if they're local attending one of the workshops I've been on. I'm a certified Wim Hof method instructor, so I teach the Wim Hof method, which is like a breathing practice. There's actually three pillars to the Wim Hof Method, breathwork, mindset and the cold. So you can get the cold at Dash and Splash <laughs> and you can learn the breathwork and mindset parts at one of the workshops or one of the classes that I put on as well. So that's a big part of my routine, but not that it's necessarily specifically important to do before going down to the cold. It's more the regular breathwork training over time that will help your ability to deal with the cold so yeah and uh, just to relax as well and have a bit of fun with it too you know you can get too caught up in routines and I have to do this and I have to do that but I figure a lot of the time for me I get a lot more out of letting that go at times and trying not to be too fixed and not too structured 
having faith in myself that whatever comes up that I don't have to have a specific routine as a crutch that um, I can go down there and deal with whatever happens and learn that I'm strong and able to deal with what happens through doing strong things like going into the sea and you teach yourself that you're able to do good stuff like that all the time so well it's good to have a, a routine like you know the breathwork training and all the rest of it I also think it's important not to lean on that too heavily as well and you don't have to be wearing your special green swimming trunks <laughs> to be able to deal with the cold or whatever even on St. Patrick's Day <laughs> so um, yeah um, but I do appreciate that that gives someone um, strength at times too and obviously there is a structure to dash and splash as well so the fact that before we get into the water we focus on taking some deep breaths and, and focus that I guess that's part of the routine of it as well and getting in a run but uh, yeah it'd be good to hear from some other people in their routines if... David have you guys got any routine <laughs> um thanks Scott I, I, I don't have any well routine no not really I mean um I suppose the dash and splash is my routine on a Sunday morning um, I prefer the earlier ones. I, I do know that the odd time when it's been sort of 1, 1.30 because of tides, I've been rattling around the house like a mad thing, just you know, waiting to get out and get it done. Um, the early morning ones, even now, I mean, we're coming, obviously coming out of winter, but even through the depths of winter there, even though winter's been quite mild, um, the 9 o'clock ones are the best because it just feels right you know, up and get out to get it done. Uh, I heard other people saying about having the bag packed and ready, and yes, that's what I do as soon as I get home. The bag's out, the stuff's into the wash or dried or whatever, and it's packed and it's ready. Although, I mean, I generally only get the chance to dip about you know, once a week as part of this. Um, I know lots of other people would do it regularly or daily, um, but I do have my bag packed sort of ready for, uh, or packed the night before. Um, and really, yeah, it, it's just a, then it's just a matter of coming down and getting over and done. Not over and done with, I mean in a good way. Uh, I suppose the one final thing that I would add that popped into my head is for anybody who's listening to this, um, and I know certainly my friends and family would all um, agree with this, is that, um, you know, I think for the people who come and do this, a lot of us are very good at sort of extolling the virtues of it to our friends and family, saying you must come and do it, you must come and do it. And people generally tend to be quite resistant to it, and they're like, no, 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 I could never do that, I could never do that. And what I would say to anybody who's listening who has someone who's encouraging them to do it, there's a reason why we all encourage people to do it, because you know, it, it is so good. And I've, I mean, every week I usually, because I would be quite early here, quite often I would end up being the one that maybe speaks to some of the, the newcomers first, because they arrive early as well, wondering, is this the right place? And anybody, as far as I know anyway, anybody that comes along new and does it for the first time really loves it. And, you know, nobody ever gets out of the water and says, I'm not doing that again. Everybody gets out of, everybody that I've known has got out of the water and said, that was amazing, I can't wait to do it again. And then you see them the next week and the next week. Um, so I think anybody who's thinking about it and thinks, oh, maybe one day, maybe one day, just do it, just go ahead and do it, I think is what I would say. What's your routine like, dude? Um, I try to make sure that I get uh, some food and water in me before I, I go for the run because I just know that I get tired if I don't. So um, I'd have like a smoothie or something in the morning um, and then go for the run. And one thing that I've been doing quite recently with uh, Tony had suggested it was uh, the oxygen advantage breathing, which is nasal breathing, which is quite hard to do initially, but doing the run like that, I've got so much more energy. 
than I've ever had before, which was quite incredible. And then that's the breathing work that I would do in, along with what Scott's doing, to go into the water. And I find that it just keeps you, I think, more settled and calm, actually, going into the water, because it is a stress on your body. And your body can go a bit like, what are you doing? And try and go into the panic mode. Um, the other thing I would do also as well is the havening technique, which is actually a stroking technique. It's a, a psychosensory technique um, and I've used it but also quite a few of the newbies have given it a go as well and they're like this really works and they're getting in the water and they're like really works I'm really calm that's amazing um, so that would definitely be a, a go-to for me um, uh, and then afterwards making sure that you get your wet clothes off super quick get something warm on you get a hot drink in you get something in your tummy you know respect it that your body's used a lot of energy in the cold. Connor have you got a routine for dash and splash? Um. My routine is really just listening to Scott, listen to, listen, <laughs> listen to the teachers, you know. Uh, it's very easy to follow something on YouTube or read an article or see a Facebook video, but you're not really getting the whole picture, you know, and um, you're trying to rush into something, um, which you can rush into the cold and you might have a bad experience if you don't have someone guiding you through the right procedures to get into the cold. Um, I know previously I watched Wim Hof and I did his breathing. And I thought the, the, the actual Wim Hof breathing was a preparation for the cold uh, until Scott told me it can obviously bring about lightheadedness or a bit of dizziness or, you know, which may cause you to pass out eventually. Who knows? Maybe. So passing out in a, in a cold environment like a, the sea or a shower is not good. Um, so Scott um, just taught us through the differences of the different breathing techniques and um, relaxing the mind and the, definitely the slow exhalation before getting in relaxes you and relax your mind you know I think having a laugh too I think it's good when someone makes a joke because then your mind takes it, gets at ease you know so uh, yeah so if Scott could tell jokes before um, <laughs> that'd be good but no um, my routine would really just be relax the mind try to relax the mind but like I said before it's a good teacher so uh, it will teach you if you're relaxed or not and quickly get in a place of relaxation because if you relax your mind and keep focusing your breath then you'll get through it and get all the great benefits. So, yeah, that's mine. Just listen to the teachers and uh, be a teacher's pet and you'll, you'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I have to say that I usually focus on the practicalities of Dash and Splash. So in the morning, I get up really early and get my bag ready. Like the important stuff like neoprene boots and neoprene gloves because I couldn't survive in the winter without those. Make sure they're dry. Like my neoprene boots take a week to dry properly before I can get into them again. It's unreal. And then of course the hooded towel. Like you can't do it without a hooded towel. Like you wouldn't change after getting out of the freezing water without a hooded towel. And snacks. Like did you notice like my body burns so many calories after you get out of the water. I'm, I'm just starving after I get out. It's just like feed me. I feel like a monster. And of course the, the breathing technique actually ever since I did Dash and Splash the first time. And that was over a year ago now. I attended the workshop here and our breathing workshop beforehand. And I've been doing that ever since. Every day in the morning I get up lie on my yoga mat and do my breathing for like three rounds of 30 or something and that really really helps but um what i wanted to actually ask you guys did you hear that ice swimming now might become an olympic discipline what do you think of that and would you do it 
<laughs> my swimming technique might be the best, but uh, so it might be the last one in there. But at least I wouldn't be shivering on the way out. So <laughs> there is a, a good candidate uh, for that who isn't here today. Uh, Olympic swimmer Andrew Bree comes down. I was down. hoping he would come today. And yeah, he's very very fond of the gold. He's got a great character as well. So he would have been good on the podcast, maybe for a future episode. Yeah. And sea swimming and cold swimming is definitely something that's growing massively. Not just dash and splash, but there's other sea swimming communities around Ireland and the UK that are just growing all the time and it goes to show that I mean that it's always survived in some form and maybe five ten years ago it was the preserve of maybe slightly older ladies who would go in and dip daily or that just seemed to be a thing that older generations had kept on but uh, more and more people are coming to realize that there's massive health benefits in it for everyone and really excited to see that and hopefully the things like um, you know cold swimming getting a platform and something as huge as the Olympics might encourage even more people which can only be a plus. What do you guys think about Olympics and ice swimming? Would you do it if you could swim a mile in less than five degrees cold water? <laughs> yeah I probably would <laughs> if I could. If I could I don't know if I could. Do you know what I mean? It's it's full on on your body. Sometimes I think I probably need to rub myself in lard and give myself a bit more blubber to withstand the cold. But um, I think it'd be incredible. Um, good practice would be going to the locks because it's so much colder in the locks. It's about a good two or three degrees colder. So that would be more the kind of training to do it. But I'd love to. Hopefully I'll get down to see the chunky dunkers because they do proper swimming down there. They're the hardcore ones. They're swimming kilometers. I'm like, woo. Um, I, I can barely swim, so it's <laughs> it's not likely. Um, I mean, I that's actually something that's on the to-do list. Um, yeah, I, I suppose on that note, maybe for anybody who is thinking of coming along and thinks, well, I don't swim, likes the idea of the cold water but doesn't swim, well, here is ideal because... Um, the way the beach is, I go in and I you know, get up to my chest and then I just duck up to my shoulders and I splash about in the shallows. Um, I don't really swim, so um, you don't have to swim to come and do this. But yeah, the Olympic swimming, yeah, I would watch it. I would certainly watch it, just to sort of, certainly the first time to see how it goes. But uh, you'd have to be a brave 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 person to do that I think but uh, or would Wim Hof win it do you think would he enter and come <laughs> like, but uh, yeah it would be amazing to see it and then uh, imagine if Andrew did take it up then and uh, that would be yeah that would be something what do you think Connor uh, well I'm similar I'm not a great swimmer uh, I only know how to swim within the last two years uh, something I was wanting to do so I finally took the courage to do it um, only recently but I think it'll be entertaining I think it would definitely add an element of entertainment to the Olympics to see the cold uh, people swimming in that temperature you know we all, we've all seen Michael Phelps and those guys you know fly through the the pool but what can they do in the freezing cold you know <laughs> would he be uh, have as many medals if it was ice cold water who knows but it would be entertaining I think that's that's probably a big reason also is why they're thinking about doing it you know it would add an extra element of uh, entertainment to it you know because the the extreme of the, the, the cold conditions but it might um, bring a lot more respect towards the, the, the people doing ice-cold exposure. I think that's a great point as well. You don't have to, because I used to be afraid to go in the sea because I couldn't swim that well. Um, but you feel safe in there, you know, so you don't have to be able to swim to, to go and enjoy this, which is great. Uh, as for the Olympics, yeah, watch this space and uh, maybe, maybe one day, maybe I'll be more athletic and uh, be a competitor. <laughs> so it's Gina here. Um, so I uh, came to uh, open water swimming uh, through triathlon so um, 
and you know, m most competitions in triathlons are with wetsuits. Uh, so that's how I started, you know, swimming the the, the, in the sea in wetsuits, uh, mainly in the summer. So I n never contemplated uh, swimming without a wetsuit uh, until, um, you know, I, I, I looked around around me and I saw more and more people swimming without wetsuit and, you know, um, telling all the benefits about uh, you know, swimming in the cold. So um, when I had heard of a dash and splash, uh, that was about uh, one and a half years ago in September, I said, okay, well, that would be a good chance for me to uh, you know, keep swimming in the sea you know, through the winter. Um, and I think the f my first uh, contact with you, um, Scott, was that I, w I was asking you, can I come with my wetsuit? <laughs> and uh, he, he was he was very kind. Said, well, you know, it's not it's 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 not it's not really what we what we do here, but uh, you know, we, we don't we wouldn't exclude you. So uh, I felt. A little bit the, the pressure and the message, so I came with a wetsuit and I, I, I kept going through the, through the winter, and that was great because uh, um, I didn't have cold actually that winter, you know. So I, that that was amazing. Um, I had one cold uh, earlier um, before Christmas, but it was cured in less than two days. So that, that's really amazing. So I I, I put it down to um, among other things to to the uh, Cold, cold swimming when you do it regularly. So I'm glad I'm back to it today because I'm in marathon training at the moment. So it's a bit difficult for me to fit things in. But just to say that uh, I, I, I'm building up to your marathon, to your Olympic challenge. You know, if I can s uh, swim long distance in the wetsuit, maybe one day I'll be able to swim long distance <laughs> without wetsuit. So uh, yeah would be a good challenge before I'm 60. <laughs> um, Scott, what do you think, how, how much different it is from what we're doing? Because what we're doing is we, some people swim for a couple of minutes in the cold water, some people just dip and then get out. But the water we swim in, even throughout the winter, I don't think the Irish Sea would get colder than maybe six degrees. I don't think it ever was colder than that. So if you were to suddenly swim a mile in water that's less than five degrees cold do you think that some people who do this dash and splashing would be actually physically able to do it or how much of a difference do you think it is do you think there is like let's forget about the the, the aspect of swimming let's just really think about the, the difference between the temperature where we dip into and the temperature that you require to be able to swim in for this olympic discipline at some stage cold is just cold and the way to understand that better is that it's all about physiological response so at a certain point it's cold enough to trigger your body to start acting in a certain way and going into the water is definitely going to put you into a fight or flight state and the resulting physiological responses of like adrenaline and your your breath respiratory rate greatly increasing and whilst getting in for a few minutes isn't going to make a massive 
difference between the six degrees it is here and say one degree you know just above freezing um which is why i maintain anyone who can do the sea swimming can definitely do like the ice bath workshops or the mountain workshops where it's cold flowing snow melt water um you will definitely feel it's colder but if you can manage six seven eight degrees you can definitely manage a little bit colder where the element of needing to train for it would more be the time spent in the water for a longer distance and that only comes over time i believe you know that it's just putting your body under any stress over time if you do it regularly enough your body always adapts to function to that stress so where do you use the word stress because a lot of people have a very negative connotation to that and the cold is a stress but a really good controlled one if you use it in the right way and if you keep building that up over time or if you keep exposing yourself to the cold your body understands that and realizes okay i need to become better at adapting to this and there's a whole lot of ways it does so so the development of brown fat in the body which generates heat your circulation improves your ability to down regulate from the stress state improves and you'll be able to keep going longer and longer but like say strength training as an example because that's easier for most people to understand you know you're going to have to apply it regularly over time to build muscle so to develop your cold muscle you're going to have to go into the cold all the time and just keep building up that strength and going longer if it was something that you wanted to be in for a really extended sea swim and there are a lot of health benefits you can get from just going in for a couple of minutes and training your nervous system to come out of the stress state so not that anyone has to feel that they have to stay in for a really long time or I really encourage not to let people's ego come into it and like be like, I have to stay in for 10 minutes today. Just listen to your own body. But if you wanted to stay in for a longer time, just build that up slowly and your body will always let you know. <laughs> so uh, just listen to that and do it over time if that was something you wanted to, to build up to. And before you know it, you could be an Olympian athlete. <laughs> uh, we, we need to uh, try swim run. I don't know if you've heard of swim run. I actually try, tried it with a, a, f a friend of mine uh, last year it's, it's september so unfortunately it was the, the end of the season but uh, what we did we started from here uh, and we we, we, we ran uh, up to uh, the first top in brompton so we had a wee swim uh, across the brompton bay so that was just a starter and then uh, came out and went to the next bay swam again across uh, I, I, i don't know how you call that bay after Brom brompton you know the, it's Uh, no, where, where the stream is coming down. Strickland. Yeah, 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 that one. And so that was a longer uh, swim, maybe five minutes. Or so, and then we kept going to, uh, uh, you know, the, that beach with the golden sand. You know, it, it's almost tropical, except that it is in Ireland. It looks tropical. Uh, ju just, just, just before uh, Crawfordsburn, and you, you have this boathouse there. So I sw swam across there. And then, uh, and then run back. And the sw swim run is a, it's also you know a sport that is um, on the rise. You know, maybe like you know uh, triathlon uh, was 20 years ago. Swim run is starting. So I, I, I think we have you know really good conditions to uh, to do that here. You know, for people who are a little bit more. Uh, 
know, r r looking for a, you know a, ch a challenge. Any, 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 anybody who's up for that, uh, we'll, we'll wait maybe until May and then uh, we can get it started again. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for sharing your experiences on your stories, and perhaps one day we're going to do the Olympic episode. Yes. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Thanks very much. Thank Cheers, you. guys. Thanks, Susanna. So. It looks like the Team Dash and Splash might be busy over the next few months. Um, all the running and swimming and running and swimming again. And maybe some of us will think about qualifying for the Olympics then. Um, not pointing any fingers, Andrew Bree. Um, but, you know, Scott said he would, so no pressure. While we were talking about cold seawater and running, um, the guys were munching on some sweet potato brownies. But because I've already posted the recipe... Um, today I'm going to give you a super quick and easy uh, nutritious snack. It's a dark chocolate walnut and mint fudge and it's for true dark chocolate lovers. It's gluten-free, there's no sugar and it's suitable for a ketogenic diet as well. What you'll need is um, 64 grams of walnuts, 90 grams of 100% cacao bar or you can do half and half cacao butter and raw pure cacao powder, 45 grams of coconut oil, 40 grams of coconut butter, 30 grams of raw cacao nibs, half a teaspoon of baking soda, about 15 drops of liquid stevia and 10 drops of food grade peppermint oil. You soak the walnuts overnight for better digestion. You don't have to do this, but I do recommend that you do, especially if your digestion's a bit sensitive. Then you rinse them, you shake them dry and roughly mill them in a food processor or a blender. Then you break the cacao bar into small pieces and put it in a ceramic bowl with the coconut oil and coconut butter and melt it over a pot of boiling water. And when the mixture is melted, you stir in the peppermint oil, the stevia and the baking soda. Then you mix in the walnuts with the cacao nibs and just keep stirring it until it's all well combined. Then you transfer the mixture into a lined Tupperware with a lid and freeze it for um, a few hours or even overnight. Then take it out of the freezer, let it soften for maybe 10 to 20 minutes, depends how frozen it is. And then cut it into 16 roughly same size pieces and store it in an airtight container in a freezer. And that's it for this week. Um, remember, you can find all our recipes shared to date on our Facebook group page. Um, just go to the file section and download whichever recipe you fancy in a PDF format. You can also find them on the Sweet Spot on a Farm Instagram with each podcast episode post. And if you like this podcast, please leave us some feedback on iTunes or SoundCloud because those iTunes ratings really do make a difference and um, it will make our podcast more visible and help other listeners interested in this kind of content to find us easier if they never heard of us before. Have a lovely couple of weeks. Go for a swim, because I promise it will make your day. And whatever you do, stay healthy. Until next time, bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you.